Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hey there, family. Oh, okay. That's all right. This is, this, this is usually what happens early in the morning, but that's okay. I don't know what your life is going, what's going on in your life, so that's all right. Well, family, I love you a bunch, and it's uh, good to be here in person with you. Or if you're watching online, it's good to be on your laptop or on your TV screen or wherever you are. Whether you're here in person or you're online, we're just glad you're a part of the family. And you truly are. You're a part of the whole life family. So let me go ahead and let you know we've been doing a series of sermons called Love at Work, talking about God's law. Specifically, we're talking about the Ten Commandments found in Exodus chapter 20. So we have already done three sermons in this series, but that means we're actually today on the third commandment because we did a little introductory sermon. So I want to kind of go over really quick with you the first two commandments and uh, kind of summarize them for you. So this would be really quick. First commandment tells us that only God saves us. It's the message of the first commandment. Only God can save. So don't have any other gods because God is the only one who can actually save us. Second commandment that we talked about last week, we discovered it means don't have idols. Don't create things to worship in God's place. Why? Because we're limiting him. Anytime we create something, we're trying to force God into something that God cannot fit into because God is far bigger than anything we can imagine. In fact, when we do that, we usually are trying to do it because we're trying to manipulate God in some way. We're trying to be able to manipulate him into what we need him or want him to be as opposed to the truly awesomeness that is God. And today's sermon, for those of you who uh, are visiting for the first time or watching online for the first time, I like to go ahead and tell you in 30 seconds or less what the whole sermon is so that if you want to tune out, you can. Because you'll tune out anyway, whether you, whether, you know, if you want to tune out, you'll tune out. So I want to make sure you don't, all you have to do is literally pay attention to this one thing, you'll have the whole sermon. Right? The whole sermon. Andrew, you little, look a little uncomfortable with that. Are you okay with that? You're just, you, you made me feel a little uncomfortable, Pastor Andrew. You, you, you kind of had that, oh boy. Okay, well, that's all right. Let's, let's just see where we go with this. See what happens. Okay. Third commandment. Third commandment, this is what I am going to suggest to you, is what the third commandment tells us. What we say about God matters. 30 seconds or less. What we say about God matters. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. No, we're not done, but we're going to pray real quick. (laughs) Heavenly Father, um, what we say about you does matter. And as I speak today, I pray that you would help me to represent you correctly. And not just as I speak now, but all week long. And Lord, we just pray that as as we continue this service, that your spirit would continue to be here. Let it live in me so that I can speak what you want me to speak, but also let it live in each person that's sitting here or at home or wherever in the world they may be listening to this, viewing this. I pray your spirit would dwell in them so that they would receive the message that you want to give them, that they would have ears to hear. We pray in your name. Amen. So uh, to start things off here, 
just wanted to introduce you. I, for those of you who know me, I love food. I love eating out. One of my favorite things on earth. Um, if you haven't figured that out, one of the first things I'll say, hi, my name's Ken, nice to meet you. Would you like to go eat somewhere together? That would be fun. I, yeah, yeah, I do remember that, yeah? You got that question, you just have ignored that question, so you let me know when you're ready to eat. You let me know when you're ready to eat, all right? So here we go. So here's the thing. My favorite, I love to eat, I love to eat all kinds of places, but my favorite food, my go-to is Thai food. I love Thai food. Like when God made food, he did something special with Thai food, okay? It, it, he, I'm sorry, don't, don't even try to argue with me about this. This is the, you, you can have whatever opinion of whatever your favorite culinary, but I'm telling you Thai food is where it's at. That is where it's at. And my favorite Thai food place in the entire universe is a place called Thai Phuket 2. Now you can, Thai Phuket 2, not Thai Phuket 1, Thai Phuket 2. This is found in uh, Rivergate, Madison, Tennessee, uh, suburb of Nashville. And uh, if you go to Thai Phuket 1, you will be disappointed because Thai Phuket 2 in Rivergate is the world's greatest Thai food. Now, you will walk in there, and I'm going to be honest with you. You walk in there, and you will think, Pastor Ken has led me astray. This, uh, you're going to start looking for like what the health department grade is. J- just, just stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't focus on that, okay? That is not the point here. And, and if you go online, don't, don't just, don't believe all the, rev- there's some reviews out there that just, that misrepresent, misrepresent the amazingness of this restaurant. You'll see that maybe it only has three stars out of five. Don't believe it. It's, it's what they meant to do is double it to six stars out of five. That's what really should have been happening. And so, but uh, I'll tell you that probably one of the reasons why I think this place is the most amazing is because of this guy. His name is Pat. Pat is amazing. You can just tell by looking at him, right? He's awesome. And um, I will be truthful with you. There have been a couple times where I went to Thai Phuket too when he wasn't there to eat and the food was not as good. And I know he's not the one making it, but man, whenever he's not there, the food isn't quite as good. Pat's awesome. Pat's the kind of person like every restaurant should find one of Pat to work there. Pat's the manager, he's the server, he does everything, cashier. And whenever you walk in, he just makes you feel like you came home. You do, like you're there for the first time. He welcomes you, he greets you. Second time or third time in, he'll know your name, he'll know your children, he'll know your pets. And he'll be asking, hey, how are the kids, Ken? How's everything going on? I love that guy, love that guy. And I love telling people about Thai Phuket. I would take, when I lived up in Nashville, that was my go-to. I had a budget from Middle Tennessee School of Anesthesia where I taught to take, I was the chaplain there, and I got to take kids out to eat, uh, students out to eat. And, and that was like, I, would, there, I said, you can pick anywhere you want to go, but if you're smart, <laughs> you'll eat at Thai Phuket too. And I'm not saying it will help your grade. I'm just saying it's a good place to eat. And so, uh, and I remember one student that I took there, he'd never eaten Thai food, he was a little dubious, but he was like, well, you know, since you're recommending it, I guess I'll give it a go. I took him there, and it was a Tuesday. We, we ate there, and I've been known to eat at Thai Phuket more than once during a week. Um, There's perhaps a couple times where I ate there every day of the week, I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, so this particular week, I go and eat with him on Tuesday, and I happen to be back in the restaurant on Friday, and I see him, he's, he's, he's there, and I was like, this is so cool, you like the place so much, you came back. 
And the guy who was eating with it goes, dude, he's been here every day since you took him. And, I, and, that's, and that's how good Thai Phuket 2 and Pat is. They're awesome. Pat makes you feel cared about. He takes care of you. He knows your name and you care about him. Some of you are thinking, this is a lot of time to spend on advertising a restaurant that it will be hard for me to go eat at. Fair enough. But what does it have to do with the third commandment? Let's see if we can get there. Let's look at the third commandment. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. I want to read it from the New King James Version to start off with. We're going to read it from three different versions of the Bible and see if it helps us kind of understand the commandment. So as we look at Exodus 20, verse 7, third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And some of you looked at that and you said, yep, I know that. I memorized that when I was a child. I memorized it recently, whatever. I know that one. I know what it means. It means don't take God's name in vain. Don't use it as a swear word. Don't use it carelessly. That was easy. Let's see if we can get a little bit deeper, though. Let's see if we can get a little bit deeper. Exodus 20, verse 7, now in the contemporary English version. Do not misuse my name. I am the Lord your God, and I will punish anyone who misuses my name. And now some of you are saying, okay, you've read it twice. Seems similar. And it just makes me a little uncomfortable. It's that, that mean God thing again. God going and punishing people who don't use his name exactly the way he likes it. I mean, come on. You know? Well, let's go ahead and see if we can dig a, de- a little bit deeper and see why God might care so much about how people use his name. I'd like to read this now from the Amplified Version of the Bible. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, that is, irreverently, in false affirmations, or in ways that impugn the character of God. For the Lord will not hold guiltless, nor leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain, disregarding its reverence and its power. Amplified Bible. Good title, right? Amplified our understanding there. Did you read that carefully, though? Taking God's name in vain irreverently, false affirmations, affirmations, or in ways that impugn the character of God. So, how does that what does that mean? I mean, taking God's name in vain, how does that, you know, if you just say his name flippantly or use it in a, you know, like an OMG type of situation, right? How is that really doing any damage? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Names in Old Testament times were a little bit different than we use names in American culture today in times, today's time and place. Today, if I, if I say your name... I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to let you know I care about you because I know your name. But your name doesn't say a whole lot about you, necessarily. I mean, it it identifies you, but it doesn't tell me much about you besides that's what your name is. Not so in Old Testament times. Rabbi uh, Pesach Krohn on Torah.org explains it this way. In Judaism, name is not merely a conglomeration of letters put together as a convenient way to refer to someone. 
Ideally, it's a definition of the individual, a description of his personality and an interpretation of his traits. Well, that changes things a little bit, doesn't it? So a name is, is more than just some letters put together to kind of identify somebody. It's actually telling you about, about in their culture, in their time, a name told you about their personality and was an interpretation of who they were, their character. Let's go a little bit deeper. The IVP Bible background commentary gives us even a, a, a deeper understanding. In Old Testament times, the, a knowledge of a person's name gave knowledge of their nature and potentially power over them. In other words, if you knew somebody's name, it could give you power over them. The giving of one's name was an act of favor, trust, and in human terms, vulnerability. So after church is over, I might walk up to somebody here that I don't know and say, hi, my name is Ken. That would never have happened in Old Testament times. And worse yet, if I walked up to you and said, my name is Ken, and what's your name? You would have been like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. No, no, way too quick, way too fast. No, no, no. And some of you are saying, well, what do you mean, why not? Well, let me go ahead and put it into a term you might understand. What if I walked up to you after the uh, service was over and said, hi, my name is Ken. What's your social security number? Anybody want to go ahead and shout? I, mean, <laughs> I guess you may have life locking, so you'll go ahead and shout that out or whatever, but most of us are not going to give our social security out, number out willy-nilly. <laughs> you use it for your taxes, coming up due very soon. Um, you're going to give it out for if you're wanting uh, to get credit. But why are we so careful with, with our social security number? Because we can have our identities stolen. Not just having your identity stolen, if you give me your social security number and I have the right database, I can plug it in and I can tell you where you went out to eat yesterday. I can tell you where you went out to eat three years ago. I can tell you who you have been married to, who you are married to. I can tell you probably with a little bit of investigation who you're currently dating. I can tell you what you watch I can tell you what demographic you fall into. That information gives me a lot of power over you. It means that I know how to advertise to you. I know It means I know what buttons to push to get you to do what I want. And it means I could steal your identity. And now you understand what a name in biblical times meant. It was like that. Stop and think for a minute. God didn't say that he hadn't told us his name. He said, don't take my name in vain. What does that mean? It means he's told his people what his name is. He's given his people his social security number. Don't use my social security number recklessly. It's an act of favor. God says, 
I am not distant from you. I am so in love with you, and I, and I am giving you so much favor and so much trust that I'm sharing my identity with you. Let that sink in a little bit. The God of the universe, the God of everything, the God that created all, is in all, is all. That God has handed over his social security number to a bunch of very flawed human beings. And what he says in the third commandment is, would you please, please, please use that social security number responsibly? How many people have been to the tomb of the unknown soldier in uh, Arlington, Virginia, right outside of Washington? I see a few of you have been there. Pretty awe-inspiring, isn't it? You know, you talk about holy ground. Sometimes you go to a place and you just kind of get that, like, the hair stands up kind of thing. For me, that's, that's this. I don't know how it was for you when you visit, but that's how it is for me when I've visited there. This is a really big deal in the military. In the military, this tomb represents every soldier that has given their life for their country, but it goes a little bit deeper. It, gives, it represents every soldier who has given up their identity for their country. You know, before there was DNA testing, it was very, it could, you didn't always know who the dead person was on the battlefield, and so they would be buried in mass graves, or they would be buried somewhere far from home, and, and families never actually received the, the body of their loved one. They never had a place to go and remember that loved one. And so the Tomb of the Unknown holds the remains of a couple soldiers who are unknown, except to God, is what it says on the tomb. And the military has a very special unit, a very elite unit of tomb guards that guard this tomb 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. This group of uh, military members, it's so, it is one of the most elite groups and one of the most coveted patches in all of the military. It is difficult to get into. Uh, some have said it may be even harder to get into than maybe the Navy SEALs or Delta Force. That's how hard it is to get into this group. They train continually. They're on for 24 hours. They're off for 24 hours. They're on for 24 hours. The average stay, I believe, is, is a little less than two years in the unit because it's so rigorous what they have to do. It can take them up to 18 hours to put their uniform into the perfect condition that's required to go out to walk in front of the tomb. They practice until they have it perfect. And if you've ever been there, what you know about it is that when you walk into that area, there are signs everywhere that say, do not talk, be quiet, show respect. And these tomb guards are deathly serious about that. I don't know how many of you who visited there have actually been there when somebody started talking and kind of letting a cell phone go off or something like that. You don't want to be that person. I've been there when that happened, and what will happen is there's 21 steps. They do 21 perfect steps, then they turn around. They do 21 perfect steps back, right? And so, but it does not matter where they are in their steps. If they hear somebody talking, it starts to get getting to where they can hear it. They will stop. They will click there, and they will turn towards the person, and they will yell, "Show respect." Please silence your phone. 
then they'll just like that. And good luck to the person who decides, by the way, just to kind of wander around in that area. I actually watched once where they actually pointed their gun at, at a person. They take it seriously. Why? Because they have great respect for what's in that tomb. They take it seriously. That person gave up their identity and everything for the country that they believed in. And so now they show respect for that. By the way, respect doesn't mean being quiet. Respect means showing respect in the way that's appropriate to the situation. How do you treat God's name in your life? I'm talking about his physical name. When you hear God's name, does it give you a sense of awe and respect? Does it fill you with, with wonder that the God of the universe has shared himself with you, lived for you, died for you? Or is it just another word to, to kind of spit out here and there, to use as an exclamation point, to, to throw in with a swear word? What does that say if that's what it is? It just says that we don't really have a, an awe of who God is. Some of us, it's not, it's, we grew up in a society that uses it that way, and so it's not intentional. It's just something that we grew up, and we don't go, oh. And yet, whenever we use a word flippantly, it becomes less valuable to us. And so what I'd urge you to think about is the way that you're using God's name. Is it in a, in a sense of awe and wonder for who God is and what he's done for you? And if it isn't, what does that communicate to people around you? Another thing that people like to do is use God's name to make promises. Um, but Jesus had something to say about that. I, I say you don't make vows. Don't say by heaven because heaven is God's throne. Do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything else beyond this is from the evil one. This is, this is Jesus speaking. Why would Jesus care so much about this? Because what happens is, is that when we make promises and we break them, particularly when we use his name, it's like signing a loan and getting a co-signer for it, and then you break the, your promise, and it puts the co-signer on the hook. So when we make a promise in God's name, we are making a promise by him, and we can leave him on the hook for what we fail to do. By the way, what does it say to people either when we make a promise, them knowing we're a Christian and we don't follow through on it? It's embarrassing. I remember working for a Christian organization and that Christian organization treated a salesperson that we were working with really badly. And I remember that salesperson coming to me and goes, I just, I never want to work with your organization again. I can't even believe you guys call yourselves Christians the way that you behaved. It was, it was humiliating. Why? Because it left, it said a bad thing about my organization, but it also said a bad thing about God. After all, if you go to Disney World and a Disney employee treats you badly, you might think that was a bad employee, but you'll also blame Disney for hiring them. 
So when we behave badly, it will reflect on God. We can, we can go ahead and say whatever you want, but the truth of the matter is when you call yourself a Christian, you behave badly, it reflects on God. Uh, another time I remember, and I'll just take ownership for this one on myself, um, I was a reporter, I was covering a story, and the person that was the spokesperson for the governor of Guam, he was just driving berserk, and he started accusing me of stuff, and I just went off on him. I mean, I lit into him in ways I'm not proud of. And after I got done, he got this smug look on his face, and he looked and he goes, so what, more? I thought you were a Christian. I'd taken God's name in vain. I talked about being a Christian, but I didn't behave like a follower of Christ should behave like. Jesus put it this way. I think Jesus put it this way, let's see. Let's see, there we go. You're so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the Gentiles, Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. In other words, it's possible for us with our bad theology, with the way we behave, to make other people not want to have anything to do with God. And now you know why God cares whether we take his name in vain and why he says, I will not hold the person who does that guiltless. Why? Because anytime we shove someone else away from God, God can't look away from that. God can't say, well, because God loves everyone so much. And if Ken is pushing other people away from God, God has to say, hey, I need to do something about that. I need to get your attention. Like any loving parent, discipline comes not to be punitive, but to get our attention and get us to change our ways. So what I want to say to you is, is this. How are you using God's name in your life? What's coming out of your mouth? What's happening with your actions? Because what you say and how you act matters. It reflects on God. Now, if any of you are like me right now, and you're like going, oh, I hate the idea of people looking at me because I'm so flawed. Let me tell you what, God's grace is incredible. And it is transformative. And wherever you are at, don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like you want to give up. Rather, feel encouraged that the God of the universe knew you and gave you his social security number anyway. Just use it well. Uh, I was uh, only, I was like today years old when I found out that uh, what Yahweh really meant. Uh, And I was reading about Moses and they were uh, Moses was the first person in the Bible to literally ask God, what's your name? Yeah. Because he would probably had experienced a lot of Egyptian gods. They all had names. He's like, what's your name? And God says, Yahweh. And that is literally the sound of breathing in and breathing out. And so when we say that we take on the breath of life or we have the breath of life, it's kind of a pun in a way of just, it's God saying, I am the breath. And I just thought that was really beautiful. What it a beautiful, beautiful name it is. Yeah. It's so awesome. So uh, now is our time to respond to the sermon, and you can join me and post some questions on our church website. I believe you can also do that through the app. Do we have that yet? I I think so. I think so. Um, And you can also join us on Facebook. And uh, we have a question in here already from Zoe, uh, and it starts with this. We often take advantage of God's social security number 
by demanding him to do whatever we want, would that be taking God's name in vain? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I think um, any time, uh, I think that the word in vain um, can, is probably a little bit of an archaic term in our, in our own uh, in our world, and I think that maybe another word that we could substitute in is they're disrespectfully. So anytime we treat God disrespectfully, uh, you know, a child that throws a temper tantrum in the grocery store, um, you know, we all feel sorry for the parent while we watch that happen, but there's also a little part of us that's like, you know, get your kid under control. Um, <laughs> and so when we, um, when we throw temper tantrums with God and what he's not giving us or using his um, social security number incorrectly, yeah, I think that, that, yeah. that would count. I, I guess I'm thinking too about like um, the prodigal son parable is God still gives you stuff even though, or whatever. Isn't yeah. it incredible, yeah, the, the prodigal son comes home and the father puts the ring, the signet ring on that child, giving him basically the family social security number to go out and take out credit any way he wants. and. I think that's the thing I would not want to be missing from the sermon. And if you heard the sermon, you felt a little bit overwhelmed. You're like, man, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a lot of responsibility. And I don't know that I, I, I know I don't live up to it. God knows you don't either. And he still gives you that mm. grace and that love and says, here it is. I'd like for you to use it well. And when you don't, my grace is sufficient. But would you please be thoughtful about it? Would you please be willing to realize when you haven't used it well and ask for forgiveness, but also ask to do better. Yeah, if anything, you know, the, you made it harder for us to keep that because it's easy to avoid saying OMG or put a, a veggie word in there, like, oh, my gravy or something like that. But that's, now, that's what I always assumed it meant. It, yeah, uh, so. yeah, it doesn't mean that. Um, and uh, so, you know, it made it harder of, oh, now I have to also represent God all the time if I say I'm a Christian and it's tempting to be like Peter and be like, oh, I don't know him. I'm not a Christian whenever you're behaving poorly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we have um, one more question from Anonymous. Uh, they're looking for a practical, what are some examples of how we take the, the name of the Lord in vain and what are some ways to practice not taking the Lord's name in vain? Uh, is it the veggie words or is, it, is there maybe a better practice? Yeah, um, I, I think I gave quite a few different examples of where you can take God's name in vain. You can be a business person who says you're a Christian business and then doesn't behave ethically. Um, that would be taking God's name in vain. Um, you can, um, I think that Christian organizations have the highest standard that they have to meet because not only should you act ethically, you should act better than ethically. You should treat your employees better than everybody else treats their employees in town. And so it's a big thing to be a Christian organization, and so that's, that's one thing. I think also um, using God's name as an exclamation point or a curse word or whatever, I think that's obviously taking God's name in vain. I think making promises um, and not following through them is taking God's name in vain. There's a lot of different ways you can take God's name in vain. But what I would say is this. You know how I talked about Pat earlier? I love Pat. And I would never tell you anything negative about him because I, I think he's terrific. Um, and what I would say is the best way to not take God's name in vain is to spend time with God and fall in love with God. Because when you love somebody, 
that's when you're going to go ahead and want to protect them and want to honor them. It's not by trying harder. It's not by like, okay, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to not say this. It's by falling in love with Jesus that we really truly become transformed and really truly are able to keep this commandment. Put some sacredness back on the name in the yeah. same way that those soldiers are treating a nameless grave as sacred. And I would say there's sometimes like, I, I think that sometimes people don't really think about what they're saying and how they're acting. But uh, it was a couple weeks ago that, um, I'm trying to remember, was it, uh, I think it was, I think it was uh, Carla in her talk. She said, once you know better, do better. And sometimes we don't know better. But once you do know better, do better. And so that, I think that would be, yeah. All right. That's all that we have time for. They're playing us off here. But um, <laughs> But uh, you can still post questions. We answer them in the podcast called This Is Whole Life. It's available everywhere podcasts are heard. One thing teasing for the podcast is that someone uh, from Nashville, Nashville Tim, says that he's eaten that. Uh, uh, this is dangerous. I'm like scared to say this, but he's Maybe eaten. just save it for the podcast. He's, you have he's, to tune into the podcast yeah. to find out what he says. So, so there you go. He has some things to say about uh, Thai Phuket too. Oh, so. <laughs> he better not have taken that in vain okay. or I will. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Thank we'll you, We'll see Stanley. you there. Yep. All right. I'm looking forward to the podcast now. <laughs> Watch out, Nashville, Tim. All right, family, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We want to... We wanna honor your name. We want other people to think you're amazing, not because we're amazing, but because you shine through us. So Lord, we pray that we would fall deeper in love with you and represent you correctly. And that, uh, that as we take your name, we would we'd use it exactly the way that you want it used. We pray in your name, amen. All right, family, next week is uh, Easter weekend. We have a special Sabbath Easter program done as only whole life can do it. So we hope to see you back here for that. Um, second service can get a little crowded on big weekends. First service still has some room. So, you know, if you want to wake up a little earlier, that's an option for you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family here at Whole Life. I hope you know how much I love you. Now, please go love your world. Hi. This is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening. 
and have a great week.